Hello. Hello, people. Welcome back to another episode of the Power and Pain. It was Pain and Power last time, so Power and Pain this time podcast with myself and Andy from Three Pillars of Fitness. We are back again. Andy, what's the crack? How are you going? What is the crack? How are things? Um, well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Uh, secondly, it's freaking hot, isn't it? I'm literally cooking here, cooking. Um down on the south coast of, of the UK, 25 degrees, going to get hotter. Um, I am hot and sweaty, just so that you all know that. Uh, no air conditioning in my office, but um, I'm hoping the questions you're going to ask me today are not going to produce too much uh, perspiration. Um, they might. We'll see. We'll see. We might get under the skin, all right. And <laughs> for anyone listening on Spotify, um, we have no pants on because it's that hot. Anyone watching on uh YouTube, we can stand up if you want. That's a different podcast, Sean. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay, so do you want to just crack on? We'll get straight into it. This, okay. this episode um, is called July is the New June. Jeez, we're, we're flying through the months. So, Andy, you get to go back in a time machine or or um, whatever, and you get to talk to your 18-year-old self, what do you say to 18-year-old Andy? Really nice question, question. Uh, because one of, my, one of my favorite things to ask my clients is if you were a child, what would you say to yourself? Uh, slightly different aspect with this one. So if I was 18 years old, I have to sit down and actually think what I was doing when I was 18. So just to kind of paint the picture, um, at 18 years old, I was just finishing college at um, BTEC, Brighton College of Technology, now known as Metropolitan uh, City College. Um, and that was my best experience of education. Um, I was really, really inspired. I was being taught by an awesome group of relatively young, newly appointed lecturers. Um, three of them I'm actually still in contact with, with like Facebook, social media friends, um, and we were really, really fortunate um, at City College in as much as um, when I finished school, I wanted to go on and study business studies. Business studies was the, uh, the thing that I was most successful at at school, um, because to me, business is a very much a logical, transactionally based uh, experience. It's everything is applicable in business. So soft skills, people skills, marketing, cash flows, profit, services, development, all that sort of stuff. Um, so if I was going back uh, to 18 years old, I would literally say to myself and, and realise this also, that at 18 years old, I would have had a bit of a relationship with alcohol. Um, I would have been eating an awful lot of fast food. I'd have just, uh, a couple of years earlier, lost my nan, who was a great friend of mine. She died when I was 16 years old. And so life was about becoming an adult, or so I thought. And um, I would have been 19, 20 stone in weight. I'd have been a 48-inch waist, and I'd have just secured my first ever proper job in a bar. Um, and, and so what would I say to myself? Uh, trust your instincts. I, I will always read between the lines and I will form my own kind of opinion on a situation or a scenario. Um, understand that you're a people person. And understand that when you choose to commit to something, you can do whatever the fuck you want to. Trust your instincts. You're a people person and you can do it once you set your mind to it. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And is that advice that you would give to yourself right now or your future self? Again, a really lovely question. Um, I am a big fan of looking at one's mindset. I am a big fan of examining what it is we feel from one moment to another. And I'm a big fan of understanding that life as we see it is not reality. 
So when we look outwardly into the world, what we actually see is a, a combination of both as the world is, but loaded with our own past experiences and stories and beliefs and limitations very often. Um, uh, and so the capacity to look at a scenario and find a different perspective is probably one of the most powerful things that, that the, the most powerful tool that's available to us. Go back to that question. Ask me that question again, Sean. Okay, so you have your, your hot tub time machine and you get to go back and talk to your 18-year-old self. Yeah. What would you say or what advice would you give to him? Now you're going to get different answers. Try, trust your instincts. You're a people person and you can do whatever you want to do. Yep. I think, I think there are three... Yeah, three, four, four pillars there for you. Or no, three, sorry. Trust your instincts, you're a people person. You can do it once you put your mind to it. And I like that because yeah. it rhymes as well. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it. Uh, I mean, mean that's, that'll be my reincarnation as, a, as a, some sort of rap style, no doubt. I think you have three more pillars there. So now you're six pillars of fitness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, we can't protract any longer. I'll get, I'll, we'll become... Uh, We'll go, become diluted if, we, if we're not careful. 105 pillars of... Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Different pillar for each day of the year. Isn't it? 365 pillars of Andy. <laughs> um, so it leads nicely into the next one. What, what really inspires you? What, what like sets your soul on fire? What do you really... I fucking love this. I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Love and connection. Not and it, it does kind of it does follow on from uh, those that previous question because I am a people person. That doesn't mean that I welcome hordes and hordes of people into my life. It means that those that I love and I care about, those that I spend time with, I I will do almost anything for. Not always at the expense of myself. So I am also acutely aware that if I spend a great deal of my life giving, there is nothing left. So like, the, the, the thing there about love and connection is that it's all around us. It's available to us. Actually, love and connection is in the outside world, but it can also be internal. How do I connect to myself? How do I understand what my values are? How do I live through those values on a day-to-day -day basis? And you know what, let's flip that on its head and go, well, what does the world look like with no people in it? There's nothing in the world without people in it. We can't be happy in isolation. We can't affect each other's stories and watch each other grow. We can't get old in isolation. It's impossible. So everything in, in life comes back to that connection. It comes back to making ourselves available to the people that are around us. And in that is vulnerability. And if you've got two people that come together and they, they, they trust each other with their vulnerabilities, then that's a magical, magical place to be. Because that's unity and it's, it's identification, it's trust, it's love, it's acceptance, it's freedom, it's peace, it's contentment, it's a good life. And how how do you practice your love and connection with yourself and with, with others, loved ones or clients or friends or whoever, somebody you meet in Tesco? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? I had, I had a moment um, just recently, I was walking through the town in Brighton and you know, sometimes I've seen it over the years where it's like uh, you can, you, you walk down the street and a stranger would offer you a hug. People do it for like charities, right? Have a hug, right? There's five euros for charity, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I just had this moment where I just felt like putting my hand out and just like showing availability because that that's a beautiful gesture as well. When you put your hand out to to, to shake somebody's hand, you, you're saying, I, I come towards you with no weapons, no malice and no difficulty, no challenge, I'm here for you. And that that physical connection is a, is a beautiful thing. Uh, but connection can happen on so many different levels. Um, it can be physical. It can be 
uh, peace. It can be unspoken. It can be uh, trust. It can be an act of some kind. It can be a continuous thought. So, you know, for instance, I've got a couple of clients whose um, whose parents are suffering at the moment, and you know, if if I know that's happening, I will be saying to that client, "You have my constant thoughts." Somewhere in, somewhere in my mind, I am with you and I'm aware that that's going on for you, even though I'm, I'm continuing in my own life and in my own way. How do I practice love and connection? Um, talk, listen, exchange, and trying to create peace, like peace and space for, for both myself. You know, I, I got to a point yesterday where I just went, I need to do some writing. I need to sit down and just spend some time writing. I'm spending too much time doing. Uh, and, and that's that's one of my favourite ways of connecting with myself. But then I also quite like being um, a little bit creative. So I like gardening. I like being outside in, in the, the natural world. Um, I like the gym. Uh, yeah, so how do I connect with myself? Pen and paper is probably my favourite means of connecting with myself. Um, and going out into the garden of an evening, not particularly labouring over the garden, but literally watering the flowers, watering the plants. Because you know, things, things grow beautifully if they're watered and they're nourished and they're put into a good environment. And so if I can help my clients water themselves and nourish themselves and move themselves and create a nice environment in which to live, then my job, my work is well done. Yeah. And actually, you talk about how I create connection with my clients, and it's just showing caring. It's not quite friendship, but it is, you know, things like, I'm running a class this evening, I'd love to see you. This class is really going to work with you because it's going to work for you. It's going to serve you really nicely because I know you're struggling at work right now. Yeah, it's not like if somebody said it on, on Instagram the other day that it's it's personal training or it's, it's person to the person or it's a class or whatever um, you're connecting with that person. It's not like rent a friend for an hour or yeah. not like, uh, like babysitting for adults. <laughs> I've heard it been called before as well. And, and I think that's, that's really important. It's like, what have we learned about that person today? Because, hmm. because I am curious. I am, I am nosy. I'm curious. I'm creative. I'm probably frustratingly, uh, questioning a lot of the time but it is about if we can offer a platform a space to ask the questions of our clients that nobody's ever asked before then we're doing them a massive service we are serving our clients by asking questions that nobody else has asked, asked before because they illuminate they illuminate things that, that are kind of obstacles so yeah, I think that as you create connection, it's, it's space, it's time, it's um, an interest in, in the well-being of another human being. And I'm also very much of the mind that what comes around goes around. If you bring love into the world, you look for love, then you'll be served it, you'll receive it. The karma, karma will, will come back to you in good and, and bad My one of my Indian teachers used to say, I won't do his voice, uh, karma is a cop and it'll catch you. <laughs> the karma cops will catch you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that may just be your conscience. Hmm. Your awareness. Some people uh, don't have any karma cops <laughs> or you would think. I would beg to differ. I would say that the karma cops were uh, made redundant at some point due to trauma. <laughs> Literally, we put them out of work. We put yeah. them out of work because they weren't serving us. And uh, are they serving? Are they serving you? Karma cops. My conscience definitely serves me. In a positive way? Yeah. Is this kind of, ah, oh, no, I don't want to do that, but I should have, or I shouldn't have done that. And 
you like my my name is Earl trying to make up for the the bad things or the not so nice things that you've done in the past yeah, I mean I would also you know we try and get away from the language of good and bad don't we and and yeah. you know uh, if we can appreciate that everything that happens is neutral and actually the good and bad comes from our feelings beliefs and stories then we're always adding our own skew on a situation that is not there to either service or to make us victim. But it's one of those, like, I, I don't believe that the world conspires against me at all. I believe the world and I have everything that I need to lead, lead a good life. Yeah, but, but conscience is definitely a really important one because it will tell us things. But you can't listen to conscience if you're over busy. That, um, that really leads into the next question, which is, what is your worst nightmare? This, I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> I didn't tell any, any of these questions before the podcast either. He didn't want to know. What is my worst nightmare? Um, waking up one day and having nobody in the world to connect and love with. That's deep. I'll always be here, Andy. I'm only a, a Zoom call away or a WhatsApp. You won't. That's a complete lie, Sean. You will not always be here. Neither, none, neither, none of us will. Not one of us. And that should be a driving force in our life to go out and do the things that we want to do. None of us will always be here. And that's, that's a massive, massive part of the way that I... I'm aware that everything in life as we know it is temporary. Indeed, life itself is temporary. And that's why love and connection is really, really important. Because it is temporary. Because we can create it. And we can have a massive effect on each other's lives in doing that. We won't always be here. So, you know, connect and love whilst you can. I, I love that quote. Um about people, I'm going to probably butcher it, people won't, won't remember what you did, they won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Something along those lines. You get the gist of it. I think you, I think you put that quite eloquently, Sean. I'm, I'm with you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's, and it's, it's right, isn't it? You know, uh, feelings. Everything that we go through in our lives come back to feelings. Every single event in our lives, we're going to detach feelings to the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's, it's why we love going to like sporting events, uh, concerts, festivals, down the pub, the gym. It's it's the feeling of going. It's the feeling of getting excited about going. You bought your tickets. You're going to see whatever band or whatever and then you're you're getting there how are we going to get there it's all the feeling of it and the, yeah. that's the reverse of that as well and that's unity isn't it you know you turn up at the football ground and you're standing in your corner for Galway United or whatever and you know you've got 30,000 other Galway fans around you fucking awesome same thing happens in a concert doesn't matter how you dance at a concert you're enjoying the music nobody cares you're one and the same people. And is that that's, you, you're really talking about tribes then, people that we identify with, we, we feel safe around. We can be vulnerable with those people. And isn't it funny that we'll go to like a, a football game, soccer game, or a concert or whatever, a concert and we're dancing away and roaring and shouting, and then like we'll be too shy to, I don't know, go in and like, order something in a chipper or something you might be like, oh no, I'm too shy or to introduce yourself to one person or to dance in your own kitchen or whatever it is. You'd be too shy to do that. But if it's on a, a grander scale and there's 50,000 people around you, you don't care. Yeah. We're, we're they're all doing the same thing. You feel like you belong. You're not the odd one out. We're strange beings. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. And, 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 that's a massive part of... Um, I was listening yesterday talking to an Irishman here. Um, I was listening to a podcast called Three Little Words. I may have mentioned that before. It's John Bishop. He's a comedian and his mate, Tony Pitts. 
they were talking to Sharon Corr from the Corps, the Irish group. And yeah. she was really, really interesting, like talking about how people behave slightly differently in Ireland around like music and culture and communication. And that's cool in Ireland. And she was saying she actually moved to Madrid because she found there was a similar sort of vibe. People were quite sort of outspoken. They were quite fun. They were quite alive. Whereas in Britain, we tend to, to think it's, and it's a massive broad brush statement, but we are so reserved. We're very good at queuing. We're very good at stiff upper lip. You know, we, we, we will rather look over somebody's shoulder as we pass them than, than look into their eyes and smile. It's very much a, an English thing um, being reserved. Yeah. I don't know if it's uh, an Irish thing or, or you might do it in, in Britain as well, but we just say hello to people on the street if you pass them. So how are you, how are you doing? yeah like we get lots of tourists around here like lots of americans um and well from all over the world but like whenever we pass someone in the village we say hello we like oh yeah how are you doing yeah yeah they're, they're like, i go walking here and there's an irish guy lives up the road and he will always say good morning and he will always say have a good day and i have got a clue who he is i haven't got a clue who he is <laughs> But you see him out with his little COVID mask walking each day. Quite a buoyant chap. And uh, I go, again, buoyant. That, I, <laughs> all things are linked, right? Uh, you know, I spent uh, the beginning of the month in Malta for a week with, with my amazing family. Really lovely. Do you know the best part about Malta for me? The people. The warmest, the friendliest, the kindest people that I have ever come across on holiday anywhere in the world. Now, I haven't seen the whole world. Let's be straight about that. But if you think Irish people are very, very friendly, I felt very at home in Ireland. I've got Irish roots from my grandparents. I felt very at home in Ireland. But also, um, I've been to Italy and I've been to France, I've been, you know, different parts of Europe, and I've been to America, I've been to Canada. Um, I haven't done a lot of Asia and Thailand and, and that's on the agenda, but one of the most beautiful things about Malta was the people. Everywhere you went, you felt safe. Everywhere you went, you felt welcome. To the extent that my mum was with me on holiday, she's 75 years old, she might be struggling to get off a bus. I might get off and look at the phone to find out where we're going. Rarely, literally somebody in the street would hold a hand out to help my mum off of the bus. That single act of holding your hand out is like, I come in peace. Let me help you. Because thing. I might be you at one stage in the future, at some point. I might need help. Yeah, but it's, it's not even they're doing it no. because maybe somebody else will help me in the future. They're just doing it. Yeah. Because they're no, just, but that's normal. It's normal. Just, yeah, they're just... But also beings. there is a reckoning there that we're all human beings and we're all part of the same tribe. Kind of, yeah, we're all in the same boat here. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's really lovely. This, this, And we don't even need language for that. I can't speak Maltese. Yeah. But I know, but I know that some, if something happens to me, some people put their arm out. And even the young people, we were, at, we were staying just off of the main thoroughfare in Valletta. And um, it was, I think it was All Saints Week. And so literally every night there would be throngs of people in this street. And there would be groups of youngsters, uh, any, anything up to 20 young people together. Not once did I see alcohol being consumed. Not once did I see antisocial behaviour. And they had the bolt electric um, scooters that you could hire everywhere and kind of weave in and out through the city. All of it done with the utmost respect and the minimum of disruption. Which I find is really lovely, young and old people together, black and white, rich and poor. The commonality is just being human. It is. I think when you travel, you see that a lot more. We're all the same. See it, yeah. You see, like, people, like, you know, I've been traveling last year around Central America, and you see it. These people have the same struggles. They have to go to work. They have to, you know, pay the rent. They have to whatever. Yes. 
it's it's the same thing. You see people just living their lives and you're like, okay, they might live in in a shack or in a smaller house, a one bedroom house or something like that, like or whatever, but they still have the same and they can also be very happy. Still happy. Yeah. The kids are still playing on the street. They're still normal, like. And yeah. it's funny when you when you're passing them and you're in their little village and you're the only like maybe person with uh pasty Irish skin in the whole village. <laughs> And then you pass them and you're like, oh, hola, hello, hola. And then they say, oh, and then they start smiling. But when you're walking up to them, you're like, I might get, a, I might get attacked here. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's vulnerability, isn't it? In the moment of connection between two people is vulnerability. I might say hello to you. You might turn a blind eye. I don't know why you would, but that would, that would be your problem. Do you, do you see what I mean? It's like, okay, that's cool. That's, that's the best Sean can do today. And that's then why somebody would maybe not say hello the next time oh, I said hello before and I, oh, I got crushed it's not it's not your fault for saying hello it's no the next time you just shout louder Sean yeah you just shout louder oi you <laughs> that'll definitely make him respond <laughs> so yeah I just it, it is um, I think you know the, the world of coaching the world of uh, the world as we know it right now and I always come back to kind of politics and you know, what's going on in the world right now because it's big picture stuff is that you know what we're really seeing is the need for uh connection we're seeing the need for appreciation of difference we're seeing the need for peace we're seeing the need for integrity in certainly in the british uh parliamentary uh, members of parliament situation right now, we are seeing that, that the common people in the street are saying, this is not good enough. We need integrity from our leaders. And, and actually you and I, we both need our tribe and, you know, making connections and genuine connections and showing that we care is a form of integrity. And it builds trust and it builds care. And I always think, you know, you, you get, what you put into the world. And it's, I think it's hard because like, just to use what's going on in the UK at the moment with the government and well, it's every government, but like you've been in the, in the spotlight, I suppose the last few weeks um, that you can say, Oh, they, they don't give a shit. They just don't care about us. Why should I care about, I don't know, whatever. Why should I care about your man down the street? The government don't care. And then it just feeds into it, feeds in, but it does. It's like it starts at home. It starts at the. And, it, and if we take that onto an international platform, look at what's happening in Sri Lanka right now. So people are just literally stonking into the home of the the uh, the prime minister. The prime minister has had to resign because the, the, there's a there's a cost of living crisis. There's corruption. There's all sorts of things going on in Sri Lanka. And so actually across the globe right now, we're saying we expect integrity from people through their behaviours and. We can expect that same integrity from ourselves. Are my behaviours aligned with my values? And if they're not, if you've got to reassess your values or you've got to reassess your behaviours. And, and the only person that can do that for you is you. And that takes us back to the conversation we had before you push the record button. And that is about giving people options and choices. It's about allowing them to see that they have their own level of control. And it's about recognising that all of us are powerful when we have decisions available to us. And just going back to values, how, how do you find your values or somebody who's a bit lost with, I don't know what my values are? Uh, one of the best ways I find of getting to somebody's values is to look back over their life and see where time flies. So usually when we are doing something that aligns fundamentally with our values, times will, time will pass very quickly. So for me, that's about like being with my family. It's about being with my nieces, about being with my brother, my aunties, my cousins, it's about being with my friends. It's about being with Sean. It's about, uh, you know, where does time pass? Because uh, for those that are listening to the podcast, 
And we must remember there's a podcast going on here. Actually, Sean and I recording. would spend an hour talking before we even start. Pretty much. Very easily. Yeah. And so time is flying by there because actually we both have similar values. It just flows is, is one word, like your flow state. I know people talk about that. If you're, I don't know, a sculptor, you're making something and you could have like, I don't know, a St. Patrick's Day parade go past and you wouldn't notice you're just in the zone. Yeah. Well, and I'm present. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing this afternoon when I'm doing this. You just, you got the blinkers on. You're just... I'm here and I trust you. You know, that is connection. That is love. And I have no problem with that. Because it's the fuel for life. You know, without love on the planet, the, the world stops turning, in my opinion. Call me soppy. I don't mind. We are all here to experience the best that we can of the planet. There's a bit of a poet inside you, Andy. There's a what? Bit of a poet. A poet. Well, I mean, I'm trying. The poet didn't know it. Yeah. I love a bit of poetry, to be fair. Um... So, so values, 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 values was your question, wasn't it? Um, usually we find, find values? that time flies quickly when we're doing something that we truly value. All right. Um, so for me, a big part of that is spending time with clients, it's spending time with people. Um, I don't have the biggest friendship group, but I have a lot of people that I come into contact with on a day-to-day basis and a lot of people that actually the coaching process helps me too how many times have you had a conversation with a client and you go jesus that's a really good idea andy i ought to be doing that you know it actually is it's part of our own healing process as well as we go into the world and we offer our heart and our and our skill set to people very very often and and pretty much always they'll do exactly the same for us yeah and yeah it does you end up coaching yourself because you think I'm telling this person or advising or whatever, putting this in this person's plan, we'll say, say if it's something like food or something, I'm saying, right, eat, eat this or whatever, or try to stay away from the alcohol or whatever it is. And then you, you're, you go out and you get pissed or something at the weekend. You're like, mm, I'm not really living my truth or practicing what I preach there. Am I, I'm, I'm telling this person, maybe stay off the drink for, for a few weeks because they want to get in shape or whatever, but I'm yeah. going to get pissed every weekend. That's just a random example. But yeah, you know, no, no I agree. That. And that is integrity. Yeah. You know, if we're going to lead a tribe, we must lead by example. Mm. Because if you don't, people will fucking see through it and they'll still wear clear. Just do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> But I do, I do think this, this like, people can see it, they, they can hear it, they can, there's a feeling that when you act from a place of compassion and kindness, you feel it. Yeah. That's why people, people buy from people and people like people. I mean... People buy shit from people as well. Yeah. They do. <laughs> Absolute shit from people. But you might just like the guy that you're talking to or the lady that sells you something. Yeah, it's completely possible. It is true. Um, so brings me on nicely to this is the last the last question anyway. Um, what is what does Andy or Three Pillars of Fitness look like in three to five years? Let's say let's say three years. Let's keep it shorter term. 2025? Really nice question. Um, it's something that I contemplate quite a lot and I don't have a completely clear uh, objective or place that I'm going to. Um, could be really random with that. I don't know. Don't know. And I'll tell you why I don't know. Because actually, I really love my business the way it is. I'm not searching. I really love my business the way it is. I feel very, very fortunate to do what I'm doing. I feel very, very fortunate to have the skill set that I do and the life experiences that I do. And so there isn't a massive need for me to make huge changes or to, to because like, what works, works. 
You know, we spoke earlier about sometimes the simple solutions are the best ones. There's not always a need to overcomplicate things. Sometimes it's perfectly normal to and perfectly plausible to try and simplify a process. Um, I am curious about uh, studying a bit more deeply in the world of nutrition uh, because my awareness says that that is probably one of the areas that I could improve in. I know lots about it, uh, but actually I, I can always get better. Um, I, I also, I mean, I, I, the, the mindset stuff, the, um, the self-talk, the motivation, the feelings, beliefs and stories, the way in which we move from having what we love to loving what we have is, is really, really powerful. I will never get bored of that. So there's, there's more to come of that. Um, I also, sounds terrible, I love pain. Pain is a really, really interesting subject to me because we know still relatively little about it. It's your second name, so... Yeah. <laughs> love yourself. Um, but I, I do. And, and whether that's physical or emotional pain or whether one becomes the other, the, the two are very much one and the same thing. They cross over. Um, so, so I find that really interesting. Um I may do a little bit more in the realm of kind of Pilates um, because that's something that I really enjoy. Um, yeah, who let, let's, you know, a client may come at me tomorrow and go, right, I need some help with this. And I go, I my skill set is not quite there at this point. Perhaps I need to go and find out more about that thing. Uh, so the honest answer is I don't know because I, I love what I do and I love the shape of my business right now. Um, it's important for me that I keep the business at this level. All right. So that is it's about constantly thinking about how we market ourselves, about how we speak to people. It's about who we serve. It's about creating the best results for our clients. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have aspirations of doing my own transformation or going into competition. I don't particularly want my own gym. I might like, this is just a, a thought, I would like to think about tackling policy on lifestyles because I feel we really, really haven't got that right. Okay, so an over-reliance on the NHS when things go wrong. And almost getting to that point where you go, right, this business operates really nicely as it is, but it is built on a foundation of principles and then those foundations actually will transverse, they will, they will filter into what it is nationally for the country to become healthier and, and happier and more contented. And, and a lot of that is about what's going on in the mind. So how do we think differently about our challenges? How do we create peace for ourselves? How do we, how do we make this thing more approachable for more bigger audiences? And I don't necessarily mean take a program online and, and cookie cutter it. Everybody gets the same thing for a period of 12 weeks. What I mean is a force within like society as a, I don't, I don't know quite how that looks, but it's kind of going right on these principles. If you get, a, if you get an understanding of the principle, then we're all better placed to help ourselves. It really getting into the realm of self-development and uh, does that answer the question yeah i think you're you're going down that path already with your your motivational interviewing with gary mendoza is that correct yes. um, yeah. so i think you're I, I see you evolving even since 2020 maybe i think we met first uh, in the first lockdown and you've evolved since then even with your with your learning i know your business your business has has like stayed the same as in you've the same same classes and and groups in that but i think the way you've coached has has evolved and i could see you going that way definitely and and it should years. it should evolve because as yeah. as we learn more 
we understand more tools. And so my role is to think about, well, what, what is that toolbox for an individual client? But also then how do people across the country create a toolbox? Which tool am I going to use for which job? What what is it that I actually need? What's going to help me lead a better life? And most of it stems from thinking patterns. And and and, and also the perspective from which we view our past. And do do you think people are are ready? On on one hand, I feel people are are ready and they want to go a bit deeper with the the mind and mindfulness and um broadening their thinking and on the other hand you'd spend two hours a day looking at reels and you're like a zombie do you know there's like there's two kind of sides to it it's like on one hand we're we're evolving on one hand we're under the thumb of the meta thumb (laughs) yeah i think um Certainly not everybody listening to this podcast will be able to do a deep dive on their mindset because they don't know where to start. And that's the big problem. That is the big problem because we've all got baggage. We've all got a can of worms. And we think if we open the can of worms that they're all going to crawl out and infest us and we're going to be under attack. You know, we're going to get eaten by our worms. And that's not really the case. What we need to do is learn to open the can of worms gently to take one worm out at a time, to tickle its belly and put it back. (laughs) Lovely analogy. Because you can't, you can't, all of a sudden you've got these fucking worms coming at you and you're going, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, that's overwhelm. But actually, we should all be grateful for our past. Where we are now, like, you look back and you say, oh, I should have, Maybe I should have done that course or earlier or I should have whatever broken up with that person or I should have stayed playing uh, playing football or whatever it is. But like you you did it and well you can't go back, but like you could always go back playing football, I suppose, or go back and learn the piano or the guitar or whatever. But like it's it has so, to be. So I find happens. that really, really interesting. Um how do you feel about this, Sean? Uh, let me put this as clearly as I possibly can. People that prioritise their weight as their output on a health journey, scale weight. How often do we stop to think that our scale weight is in our past? Um, somebody who's obsessed about it would would think about it a lot. Like, like say... Oh, I remember remember when I was five kilos lighter or five kilos heavier or when I was 18, I was this size. I could fit into the, these jeans and I tried them on the other day and I can't fit into them like that. Other people- so my, the way I think about it is every time we stand on the scales and step off, that's the weight is in our past. It's gone. 30 seconds have passed. You could be heavier again when you step on. You could have farted or something. It doesn't matter because that's still in your past. It's gone. It's behind you. It's just a moment. It's not important. In time. It's not. It's gone. Every time you step off of the scale, it's behind you. It goes back to zero. (laughs) It's temporary. Yeah, and and what I mean by that, we obsess over scale weight, but it's not healthy. It's, we're always living in our past. I weighed myself seven days ago. That was a week ago. It's actually no longer appropriate. What is appropriate is the choices that I make now, today. If I sit here and I choose to drink two litres of water, my weight's going to change by six o'clock tonight. I'm going to stand on the scale by 6.00 and 30 seconds. That weight is in my past. Why are we obsessing about something that's in our past? Every time you get off of the scale, your weight, reading, your information is in the past. It's not current, it's in the past. Mm. Do you you see my point there? We're living in the past. By, by, By always and only measuring our scale weight, we're living in our past. 
that doesn't matter. Your scale weight doesn't matter. If you want that scale weight to change, you actually have the capacity to change it by six o'clock tonight, one way or another. Because if I go for a big poo, I'm going to be a pound lighter. And if I have a huge dinner, I'm going to be a pound heavier. So really what our scale weight is doesn't matter. What really matters is how we perceive our current position and what we do next. And I think that's really, it's a really interesting one because like, it's gone. It's behind you. Even what I lifted in the gym this morning, it's gone. That's my past. If I want to get stronger, I'm going to have to work now with my nutrition. I'm going to have to think about what I do with, with my sleep. I'm going to have to think about my hydration. I'm going to have to think about, uh, you know, whether I need a physio or any of that sort of stuff. So like, it's really, really interesting that often when we are coaching health, we're talking about somebody's past. instead of making that really about what we're thinking and feeling now and moving forward. We were trying to coach what they were feeling at that moment in time or that day. We yeah. talked about it. We talked about it before the podcast, but like coaching someone, how, what was your mood on that day or how many calories you eat on that day or whatever it is. Why did you like eat 3000 calories on that day? And then the rest of the week, you're eating 2,000 calories. Oh, because I had a birthday or whatever. It was like, okay. So it's like you're, you make a good point. Yeah, you're coaching someone on, on that time. And then now what we can do now is yeah. everything's happening in the now and yeah. in the future when the future is the now. Yeah. We can only live in the now, can't we? We can't live in the past. A bit of Iker Tolle there. Nothing happens. It's, in the it's true, you can't. No one person can live in their past. They can ruminate about the past and change their understanding, their thoughts, ideas, and beliefs around it. But you can't change it because it's gone. Mm. And so we are constantly traveling through time. And I've said for a long time, a long time in inverted commas, that one of our biggest challenges as human beings is to understand the concept of time and to understand that everything is temporary whether that's our scale weight, whether that's our thoughts, whether that's our beliefs, whether it's our jobs, whether it's our relationships. But actually having an eye on the future, but going the way in which I change the future is what I do right at this very moment. We're, we're obsessed with time. Yeah. I have a watch. Uh, and rightfully so, because it exhausts, it runs yeah. out. Um, it runs out. We're, I'm, we're obsessed with the, the tide here because we're, we're swimmers. So like the tides are they're uh, they're kind of they're kind of with us this week, but it's funny that we we nearly plan our day around the tides, <laughs> so we can go. Well, I think you just ring, I think you just ring up the, uh, the the sea and say, would you mind would you mind changing, please? Yeah, my my father has a great saying that time and tide waits for no man. Yeah, and it's it's true. That's and that that flows really beautifully. You know, you talk about being poetic; it flows beautifully off the tongue, but. As is the case with most of those sort of mantras and those thoughts and those sayings, they hold so much more value than you're actually giving them credit for. You're thinking, okay, it's it's like the, the high tide was five o'clock this morning. Okay, well, I'm not going, we went for a swim at eight. It was very low tide. But like, you can think of it like, oh, if I don't go now, at, I'll go at four in the evening. It'll be high tide or five or whatever. But yeah. like, you can put that into time and tide waits to no man. Oh, yeah. I better actually uh, do this program for a client. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, and One again, that's, that's about integrity. Doing things in a timely fashion, in a way that we our clients would expect us to do. You know, we, we are leaders, and people expect high standards from us, and and so they bloody well should. Because we expect it, we should expect it from ourselves. Because we're we're able to do it. Yeah. We're able to help. Personal standards. I'm going back to um, Mark Coles and the M10 stuff, uh, but also up here. Have I ever shared this with you? Uh, personal standards. There's a little statement on the wall here that kind of 
says what it is that I'm trying to create and why it matters to me. So it says up here, and they're kind of principles. It says, I will deliver my personal training sessions to the highest possible level. Customers will feel unique and valued at all time. I will be on time and ensure that the client feels an emotional connection to their journey, my business, and my story. I'll encourage questions to ask, I'll encourage clients to ask questions and seek ways in which to support them at every opportunity. Every client matters. My presentation will always be pristine. I will not let myself down. I will be remarkable, inspired by my dad and my auntie to create a future for myself, my mum and my nieces. I empower men and women to change their lives and become healthier and happier using the three pillars of fitness, exercise, mindset and nourishment. I love that. It is, it is like Keep your, your eye on the ball. Your, your mission statement. I was trying Keep to your eye on the ball, Sean. Or your, your value purpose, value proposition, I should say. There's quite a lot of emotion in there. You know, my dad, my aunties, my niece, my mum, those are my values. Those, spending time with those people, uh, including my clients, is where time fly, flies by. They, they, are, they are the things that I value. I love that. Your, would you say that your, that's your, your mission statement? or? Um, you, you can call it what you want, but it works for me. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to it's probably a combination of all of those things we don't have to label it and say it's, no, no, but it, it's, it's it is, it is. Isn't it? it's looking at that and going well does it work for me yes yeah what do i need to remember and actually it's one of one of my one of my things that i'm working at the moment is how do we keep our goals close to us what do we do what are the behaviors that ensure the habits that ensure that my goal sits in front of me a bit like this beard comb and I don't forget it. That is a fine beard comb. I need to get me one of those. I have. I also use it more frequently, Sean, to be fair. I have like a little whiteboard with the, the month and I just make an X, not this one, but the one out in the shed in the gym. And I just put an X every time I, I train and then I see, oh yeah, four x's there now or however many x's that i love my trackers i love my trackers and we were talking again weren't we We, and we should probably tie this up in a moment but we were talking weren't we about the value of tracking things and you know there's some hard and fast stuff how many calories am i eating what nutrients am i eating how many workouts have i done how much have i lifted all of that's great but we need to track our emotions and we need to learn how to move through emotions and um, yeah, it's something that I try to bring in, not, not to overwhelm or scare people, like not to throw the kitchen sink at them, but just, okay, after your workout, leave me feedback and just say how you felt. Any, obviously any like niggles or injuries or anything like that or whatever, but also just put in, how did you feel? I felt like shit coming into the gym or I felt great, ready for it whatever it is and just something simple like that and then i can build on maybe in a few months or whenever they're ready right now let's uh maybe start to just suggest it maybe start an old uh, journal there at night just write down what you're grateful for yeah i said i'm a big fan of writing but we don't have to write but it is a good starting point yeah i, I um, pen and paper as well Old yeah, some, some people will find it very difficult to look at a blank sheet so we could add a question. Or if you've got time on your hands, go with the blank sheet until something comes. Different horses take different courses or different courses for different horses. Horses for courses, I think. Um, another, another good one, um, and I, I found a few of them actually on my phone and they were a bit cringy, but uh, if you make voice memos on your phone, just your voice recorder uh, that probably no one uses on their phone. Just make a memo, talk about whatever, just fucking ramble. And then yeah. if you want, you can listen back and you can say, you can nearly coach yourself through it. <laughs> and, and we, it, whatever tool works for that client. And, you know, we can ask ourselves, we can ask our clients, do you feel that that will work for you, with you? Do you have any better ideas? Why do you think X will work over Y? Yeah. Always, always giving people choices. I like it. Life is all about choices and we are lucky enough to have lots of them. 
And even if you don't have physical choices, you know, you're not every day going to be presented in the sweet shop and think, well, do I take the dime bar or do I take the Kit Kat? You're going to, you know, you're going to look at a situation and go, well, it's not desirable. However, I know that I can change my perspective on that situation. So it's not going to hold me back. Yeah, that's a whole, maybe on, that's a whole nother podcast. Maybe our next podcast, we can look at our, um, maybe our relationship around, around food and around the, the like, almost being a slave to, to food. But really, it's just in our head. There's nobody shoving a Kit Kat down your throat. But like you go to someone's house and they offer you a cup of tea and a biscuit and you're, no one grand doesn't want the biscuit, just have a cup of tea or coffee. Ah, go on, ah, go on. The Irish thing, like, go on. You really will. Like, eventually, like, after three or four times, like Mrs. Doyle and uh, Father Ted. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Like, I'm- ultimately nutrition and habits around nutrition is a massive massive subject isn't it and actually sometimes it's quite nice to again be journaling around food what what are your feelings around food yes i i have an ebook if anyone wants it uh the hunger scale which is quite useful um just if anyone wants it just give us a message and i can email it to them to you can you send it to uh, me sean please i'll send it to you as well of course yeah Tools, tools for the box. We like tools for the box. Yeah. It's very, very nice, very simple to use. Um, just like a scale of one to ten, how hungry you were, and then what times you ate, how how you're feeling, all that. Yeah, the so mind, mindfulness, right? Awareness, M- mindful eating. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll send that on to you after, and anyone else who's listening who wants it. I forgot we were recording there, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we were in flow state. Um, Okay, let's uh, let's wrap this up. And um, final words: bean sprouts. Bean sprouts. If anyone remembers that from the last, yeah, from the last Ra- uh, yeah, just a random thing that you're going to throw in there. Um, you will make better choices when you have the freedom to choose. Right, that sounds really, really strange. But what am I trying to say there? We are powerful when we are given choices. So often when we're trying to create a healthier lifestyle, we take things away. We talk about going on diets. We say, right, I'm not eating fish and chips ever again. I can't eat chocolate. Yes, you can. Yes, you can eat chocolate and lose weight. Yes, you can eat burgers and fish and chips when you lose weight. Recognize that we have choice and that is power. Right? Recognize that changing choice is very, very challenging because the brain likes what it knows. So that was, is more likely to repeat a behavior. Recognize that if we practice new behaviors, they won't stay new, they'll become habitual. Exactly. Good or not so good habits. Exactly that. Um, so I think maybe in our next one, I'll make a wee note here. We can do habits and um, what was the other one? Food um, choices around. Yes. Yeah. And I'd probably emotions around food. Emotions around food. That'll be an interesting one. It really is an interesting and just one. To, just to kind of wet the appetite, forgive the pun, but what does champagne say to you? Champagne. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I was just eating champagne and um, strawberry jam uh, yeah. yesterday. So. Say, so to you, it means, to, to you, it means, uh, uh, I don't know, scones and jam. To me, it um, means celebration. It means weddings. It means christenings. It means graduations. It means all that positive stuff. Yeah. What does salad do to you? Salad, like a summer, summer salads. Do you see that we just start to load this stuff up? Irish stew, what do you think of? Oh, lovely. (laughs) Lovely. Home home cooking, Sunday. Sunday Yeah. Cold days. Cold. Yeah. A little bit more carbohydrate than normal for comfort. Yeah. So we've got all these different beliefs around 
And I, I'm a big fan of saying to people, have st- steak for breakfast. Have steak for breakfast. It's good. It's probably the best thing you can have for breakfast. I know. Really, really nourishing. Why not? If you're, if you're fortunate enough to have time for steak and the resources for steak for breakfast, have it. Serious breakfast. Have some eggs as well. And that's, that's a good way to, to lose weight and keep your protein high. Steak and eggs for breakfast, you'll be full till about three or four o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Andy, thank you very much. Thank you, Sean. We will always a pleasure. see you in the next podcast. Um, as always, if you want to support the podcast, you'll see in the show notes, you can buy myself and Andy a coffee and we will eventually meet uh, for that coffee in Ireland or in Brighton, whichever we get to first. And maybe, we should, maybe we should meet in the sea somewhere. Yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> we go halfway. The Isle of Man or something. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, God bless. Thank you. Cheers, Sean. Take care.